Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is the holiday season, so make sure Leon Tailoring is on your gift list. That's right, get somebody a nice suit, jacket, shirt, tie, skirt, blouse, coat, or perhaps get them a Leon Tailored gift certificate. That way they can go pick out the actual clothes that they want. Hey, like I said, this is the season, the season to give Leon Tailoring. It's a perfect gift. Actually, you can kind of give all year round, but we're happy to have you at Christmas time or any other time of year. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. That's Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, and downtown Indianapolis. Well, we'll continue our look ahead uh, to 2024, particularly in the realm of education. Um, Indiana House and Senate Republicans have said they're going to make two priorities. Number one, ending social promotion for third graders who can't read and also addressing Indiana's issues with truancy. And so to get some reaction to all this, uh, we're on the phone with our good friend, our good education advocate, also writes the blog, Just Let Me Teach, Justin Oakley. Justin, my friend, uh, how is it going? Happy holidays, old friend. Yeah, back, right back at you. Always good to be here to chat about education. All right, my friend. So uh, your thoughts on... Uh, Rod Bray, Todd Houston basically wanted to end uh, social promotion for third graders who can't pass I-Read or, or at the very least limit the exceptions that they can be promoted. And then we'll get to truancy in just a second. First of all, uh, your thoughts on the uh, social promotion part of uh, their agenda for next session. Uh, there's so much to say in so little time, Abdul. Well, we got 18 um, minutes, so we're good. <laughs> the the uh, cynic in me and the guy that's been in this now for two decades plus says it's just it's so rich to see two gentlemen that probably haven't been in our schools for the whole time they've been in, in uh, office uh, pushing uh, retention of third graders and they're so worried about kids being able to read while while whilst simultaneously scaring scaring older Hoosiers that there's porno in the libraries and librarians are you know communist evil people there's 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 just such a uh, richness to all this it's it's almost laughable but it's not it's alarming. And uh, at some point, this is going to collapse on itself, and then everybody's going to say, hey, where did all the teachers go, which I've been saying now since you and I have first met. So uh, that's my take on it. I don't take any of this stuff very seriously anymore because it's just layer upon layer of uh, every session. Indiana has a lot of stuff going on, and they are just so focused on education. Everybody ought to figure, follow the money on this, and they'll figure out why. Uh, So uh, what should be done about third graders who can't uh, pass the I-READ? Well, did you have iRead growing up? I didn't have iRead, but I had people who passed on the enjoyment of just reading. I think, uh, you know, listen, when I taught, I just wanted to be able to teach. I taught for a decade. I loved almost every minute of it till the last uh, couple years. But uh, some kids some kids will never read. That would have been my dad, but he could fix anything in the world. Some kids will read 50 to 70 books a year. That's me. Uh, but I always got kids to read. We, we won. Uh, we had an AR program, uh, Accelerated Reader Program School-wide, and my Room one, door one, kids one every year. The other teachers hated me. But I would walk a kid down and say, what are your interests? He said, sports bikes, you know, monsters, whatever. We'd find books about that and talk about it. I always talked about a book I was reading in class. Now you won't find a teacher talking about a book because they're scared they're going to get arrested. So you can't be, you can't with a straight face. It's in front of the bright lights of the shining camera. Say you're worried about reading scores when you spent the last three sessions talking about CRT, suing librarians, taking away their rights. It's just unbelievable, man. It's 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 unbelievable. Uh, so uh, once again, old friend, I guess it gets back to uh, how do we address the issue? Uh, because uh, what a lot of folks are saying that this goes to workforce uh, development. They didn't have sort of the best the best uh, sandbox to, to bring a business here. But uh, for the high-tech, high-skill, high-wage jobs, we need that educated workforce, not necessarily a four-year college degree, which you and I both agree is, is not, necessarily, not, necessarily, not necessary for everyone. But everyone should have at least some sort of proficiency you know, in reading. And the fact that yeah, – uh, go ahead. 
I think that the first time you and I ever had a conversation when I ran for state superintendent uh, back in the, uh, man, it seems like a 20, 30, 40 years ago, 2012 cycle, I said, we, if we are going to have these same discussions over and over and over about left, right, uh, Republican, Democrat, voucher, this, that. We need to totally reinvent education. And that's something I think everybody could have been in on because we can't predict we can't predict five years out, let alone 50 years out. So you know, we've gone all in on technology and Chromebooks and online and, and AI and all this crap. And the other day we're talking about, you know, going back. What are they talking about again? Cursive writing. So we just go back and forth and back and forth. And the bottom line is a kid ain't never going to read if he's hungry. He's never going to read if he's freezing cold and don't have power. He's never going to read if he hates school. So, I mean, you're getting back to, like, basics, Abdul. Uh, I don't know what the secret sauce is, but I always tried to get kids – uh, excited about history or mock current events or to like I would talk about I remember when Devil in the White City came out about the Chicago World Fair serial killer that was a hot book about a decade ago and the kids would always say what are you reading I'm reading that and the next day you know kids like hey I went I went and got this book so I just that's the kind of thing I would talk about I don't even I don't think teachers are talking about books right now because they're terrified they're going to go to jail if they talk about a book so our guest on the program today is our good friend, education advocate uh, Justin Oakley, who writes a blog, Just Let Me Teach. Talk about uh, some of the education issues that Indiana lawmakers uh, will be facing when they come back uh, in January. Uh, also, Justin, the other thing the lawmakers talked about, too, was the issue of truancy, K-3 through K through three truancy versus uh, junior high school truancy. And the fact that uh, so many kids are truant and missing out uh, on school, uh, who's responsible for that? Is it the kids? Is it the parents? Is it the schools? What's going on there? Everybody. I mean, I think, again, we got to get back to what what is it we want modern education to do? What is it we want teachers to do? What responsibility falls on the kid and the parent? When I ran, I had a three point plan about teachers, parents, and kids, and everybody, in a perfect world, everybody would work together. There is always a percentage of students who are never going to do much, who, who may not be at school, who uh, whose parents, you know, I had a student uh, the first year I taught whose mother passed away in the house, and both the boys were in the home for uh, three days before anybody even knew, and I was worried about this kid getting a worksheet filled out. So I learned right away that this ain't everybody's, uh, it's not the most important thing for everybody. I don't know all the answers on that, Abdul. Maybe if we made school, let teachers teach and, and made school exciting again, people would be lined up at the doors with their little Starbucks and energy drinks to get in. Uh, one of the things that was talked about uh, was the fact that, uh, I want to say right now, uh, with truancy, particularly the, the the younger kids, like I said, that kindergarten through third, fourth, sixth grade, uh, that that may actually uh, be grounds uh, for DCS to show up and like say, hey, we need to we need to find out what's going on here. Well, again, I don't. I used to come prepare with stats and all that. I realize no one cares, <laughs> but I well, do we, know we care, old friend. Indiana ranks dead last in a half dozen quality of life categories. Uh, maybe they should take a look at that with their surplus and with the tax rates and all these things. We we have a triple A rating, but we have uh, more little kids die, and we have kids who are truant, we have kids who are poor, we have moms who can't get to health care. There's all kinds of those. All things have every one of those actions have a consequence, and eventually, and maybe in a decade or so, Indiana is going to figure all this out when when all these things don't work, and they're going to be looking for somebody to blame, and. There aren't going to be any teachers to blame because there's not going to be any. Uh, my question, old friend, is uh, obviously uh, truancy is a little bit different for for the younger kids versus the versus the older kids. Because I would argue that the younger kid is true. Like I said, that K through third grade, that's more the parent. If it's high school, then that's more the student. 
Perhaps, yeah. I think that we got to let counselors get back to being – counselors are now bombarded with most of their – first of all, they have, what, there's a 300-to-something one ratio, and then they're inundated with mostly testing and all this other crap. Uh, I don't know. Maybe more social workers would help. Maybe more social – I don't have no idea, Abdul. That's way out of my uh, way out of my think tank anymore. I'm, I'm more – activated and getting getting the i want the i want a kid who could probably go be anything in the world that wants to come back maybe to their hometown and teach and wanted to be like some of the great teachers they had that was me that was that kid and i'm not sure i would ever 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 right now tell anyone in their right mind to go do that now in this current state our guest of the program today is education advocate Justin Oakley. Uh, writes the blog "Just Let Me Teach." Justin and I are good friends, even though we we too did, we have occasional disagreements. We spar, but we can do it civilly uh, without being uh, basically jerks about the whole thing. Uh, just another issue that popped up uh, this week uh, was the ISTA Teachers Union. I know you're with the AFT. You work with them, so you're sort of uh, sort of two uh, prospective teachers unions. Uh, it's just saying that the lawmakers should open up to reopen up the budget and spend five hundred million dollars more uh, on education. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, like I said, speaking not, not necessarily as a competitive union representative, not as a competitive union representative, so to speak, but just sort of uh, as an educator, uh, is is more money the answer? Because we pour uh, bajillions of dollars into education these days. Yeah. Again, I'm going to come back to we. You and I have talked about this since 2011. So here we are and going into 2024 in a short session, and they're talking about reading scores. Uh, I think if, if the modern most Hoosiers knew how much money was being siphoned off now into just mostly private religious schools and sports teams that now are winning their third and fourth and fifth state titles, I think most Hoosiers would be appalled when they find this out, when the cover gets pulled off of how much money's actually been taken out of public schools, it will happen. Uh, I'm going to shift this on you. I, I follow other – Texas has has fought uh, voucher programs and all this funding for years, and they've won. Tennessee held it off to a couple years ago. Indiana has been all in on this and keeps going all in on this and funding predominantly. You remember when Mitch Daniels was here and you had all that crew, you had to attend a public school. You had to do all these things. There were some metrics. It was never supposed to just go to people who already had the money. And now it's just a subsidy tax write-off to people who already have money get money now to go to any school they want. While you're worried about attendance and reading scores when you're taking all that money away, it all adds up. And I don't think most users know that, but they will, and they're going to find out someday. Uh, but is money really being taken away from public schools? Because once again, yes. uh, no, hold up a second, little friend, because you know as well as I do <laughs> that the funding formula is based on student attendance and student population. So if the kids were there, then if you have if you have fewer kids to teach, why do you need the same? Say, why do you why do you need more money? It would be my question. Well. It's so difficult uh, in this time period to talk without all the political things and perspectives and mean the way that people just follow this. But uh, in the last – since at least 2011, yes, public schools – I don't know how the doors are still open. It's a miracle, to be honest with you, because you, you and I both know that most school districts have, have struggled to even bargain. and they're, and they're, It's a shell game every session to figure this out. They borrow from the pension plan. They, they, they do this. They do that. It's a, it's, a, it's a wash. But eventually this is all going to come home to roost. And uh, little, now they're talking about consolidating these, you know, if you're in Monrovia, Mooresville, Martinsville, all be one school district. Uh, eventually these small little rural schools are going to say, wait a minute, what happened here? I voted for these people year after year, and they're closing my little local schools down. Yeah, but but, 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 once, but once again, old friend, 
if if the population is is decreasing and the, and the student population isn't growing, and you know as well as I do that rural Indiana is suffering from a major population crisis right now. I want to say like uh, like maybe like fifty of the ninety counties all lost population. Whereas uh, Marion and the Donut counties uh, have grown, uh, the suburban counties have grown tr- tremendously. If you have fewer kids, don't you need fewer classrooms? All right, so you're saying that since 2011, the current party in power has failed. <laughs> That's what you just said? That's what I heard. I mean, if, if this, people are fleeing the state and young people are getting out of here and there's a brain drain, is that what you? Is that what I heard? Well, no, no. People aren't necessarily uh, fleeing the state. People are leaving rural areas for more suburban community are, areas. Yeah, so, so all this goes together. You, you know, you wash one hand, the, the, the other one stays. You have all this stuff going on, and we're worrying about third grade retention and absence rates. It's crazy. It's like every session, it's like, give me a break. Uh, one thing, only thing I just want to get in your show every time is I would love it if these legislators that work four months in a short session had to go spend a week and teach or a week in a school of one of their local schools, not getting in one of the, you know, high advanced classes. They just had to go and, and spend a week and uh, see what it's like. And then maybe a teacher went and spent a week to see what it's like to be a legislator. I don't care, but something so that they have some taste, some whiff, because they're not coming around. Believe me, I know I'm in this. They're not. I can say that with a straight face. So uh, how are teachers feeling these days? Well, uh, for the first time, I mean, I've done this now a couple decades. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, I guess it's a miracle that the lights are still on and people still smile. I love to still go in. I do a lot of new teacher events. I'm very aware to not, you know, make folks feel good. And, and I'm just respectful and happy that they actually chose the profession or chose them. But a lot of people are getting out, Abdul. You've had two or three waves of mass retirement. You've had two or three waves of people. The worst part is when someone has spent all that money and gone into all the training, and then they get through the student teaching, and then they teach and then quit. They say, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. we got to stop that. But there's nobody coming in. I mean, you got here, you know, you have aides now, paraprofessionals and aides doing PE, music, art, or they just shut those programs down. So... Gosh, you know, my kid is a more of an art, artsy kid, a music kid. So I don't know where all this is going to go, but it doesn't it doesn't point positive for Indiana. So, my friend, let me ask you: uh, as we look at the the, the governor's race coming up uh, here in Indiana, uh, your thoughts on what the candidates' their positions are in education, or have you had a chance to take a look at those yet, or is it going to be uh, your opinion more of the same? I don't know. I have a really joke, good joke. I'll tell you off the air, but. Uh, if, if you compile, I mean, I, I really have a, I've never witnessed, um, I know there's a 16 people in a primary for the governor's race, but uh, I don't think I've ever witnessed in the state where they're running a, a full year ahead as I think that might backfire on these fellas. What do you think? Um, I, I, I would argue now that uh, I, I had some issues with people uh, fundraising, uh, running ads while the, while the, while the, while the mayor's race and things were going on. Uh, now that yeah. we're now that we're sort of past that, okay, now it makes sense. But my my thing was let let the mayors and, and local folks have their due, and then uh, the day after the mayors' races are over, bam, then hit the airwaves. But that's just me. I just, I just did, I, I thought there was some kind of grace period or time period on when you could run ads, and it seems like you know if you're, you're Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune folks nightly are getting getting all the governors' ads nonstop for a year out. I think it's going to actually be bad. So. Uh, what do I know? What do I know? I mean, I, I mean, I haven't. <laughs> so, 
our good friend Justin Oakley with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, Justin, let's talk about the Democrats running. Uh, Jennifer McCormick, who you ran against actually in 2012 for the Democratic uh, for the nomination, uh, is running for governor. Uh, is she, is, is she, does she have a puncher's chance or is she tilting at windmills? Uh, I didn't run against her. I ran against Tony Bennett. That's right. Yeah, Tony Bennett. That's against, right. Yeah. You know, she's a very interesting candidate because I think she was uh, she's she's flipped parties, and I think that just having been, you know, as well as I do, then in both parties there's sort of a kind of a stigma with that. Uh, she got her signature, so that's a plus. I'm just going to say this: if every woman, every teacher. Uh, all the women's rights groups, uh, all the other groups kind of banded together, she'd smoke them, and that's a fact. But I don't know that if she has to struggle to get a message out to teachers, then we have we're, we have a area we have a problem. So this is a tough state. Statewide, you still kind of mute, mute that um, gerrymandering type thing, but she has a shot. She has a shot if somebody's you know. If the wrong candidate gets in and she can get against it, they say the wrong thing, but they say the wrong things every day and get elected by 60%. So I don't know. Uh, uh, she has a shot. She has a real shot if she, if she, if she goes the long haul here. And How do, how do you think Donald yeah. Trump is going to play in all this? Or I'm sorry? How do, how do you think the, 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 the Trump factor will play in all this? You have Mike Brown, you have Mike Brown who endorsed uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Trump has some issues. He may be actually running yeah. for president from a jail cell by the time the election rolls around. Uh, it's very complicated in Indiana. I think in, I think, let's put some posterity on this radio show. I think in three more election cycles, Indiana's going to flip. It'll either be a, the other party will start winning big, or there'll be an independent streak, or there's just going to, you can't have this one-sidedness so long it collapses on either side. It always does. It just history points that way. Unless Indiana sort of rebukes that, which it also has. So I don't know. I don't know. She has a shot if if all these groups come together and there's like one one big issue they could all co- come around. There's plenty, plenty. Uh, I'll stay quiet on the whole Trump thing. I, I have no idea. I'll never understand all of it, so I don't intend to pretend to. <laughs> all right, dear friend. Well, guest on the program today has been our good friend Justin Oakley, uh, who is an education advocate and also writes a blog to let me teach. Justin, old friend, as always, good to talk to you. Have yourself a good Christmas, happy New Year, and we'll talk again come January, old friend. All right, man. Stay safe. Good. Have good holidays. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.